This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Again, to be here. We over the COVID years we missed being here, and Baruch Hashem, that's hopefully behind us. And we've had many Talmidim of ours have come here, and Baruch Hashem, it's a, it's a wonderful place. And um, we've enjoyed the conversations and so on. So I'd like to start maybe with a a, a thought on on the parsha. So we have over here the first time Shira in the Torah. And Shira is something which doesn't translate to us. So it's another literary form, so to speak, which is very nice. But Chazal speak extraordinarily about the fact that no one had said Shira till this time, the fact that Shira is, is unusual. And Rashi brings Oz Yashir that it, what's the Yud? So Rashi brings up Shat, Alabalibo. And then Rashi says it's Miramis for Tchias Hamesim. So Tchias Hamesim in the Torah, the Gemara finds various Ramazim. It's certainly not written Mifurish, but it, it is very important. The Gemara goes through the whole Blat Gemara to find Ramazim. And maybe we'll explain why it is like that. And this is a very preeminent premise. Yasher means Lasse Lavo. What's the back? You know, where's this coming from? What's the point of it? So I'd like to maybe spend a few minutes speaking about it because I think it's an important context for our relationship to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, Torah, and so on. The, um, the, the, the miracles associated with Mitzrayim are called an os and a mofes. Um, os means a sign. Mofes means either something which is extraordinary in terms of um, natural order, or it can be a proof. The Rishonim used this, Rabban very famously, a mofes means a proof to something. The idea is that when I show you that I can do something extraordinary, it proves that I have the ability to do things that are not natural. It proves that I'm in power. It has that sense. The Goyen says that Mofes comes from a similar root as Pesi. It's convincing. It's seductive. You see somebody does something incredible, it moves in a certain direction. So those are called Osa Mofes. Krios Yamsuf is not included in that rubric. Of course it's the events of Jesus Mitzrayim. And this is the first place where it says Vayaminu, Vashem of Moshe Avdo. The word Emuna in the context of Kal Yisrael, Hein Lo Yaminu, and now it's called Maminim. So this is where Emuna is introduced. And Chazal associates Shira with Emuna. Tashuri me Roish Amana, the Schus of the Emuna, Kal Yisrael sang Shira. So I want to explain why Amuna specifically, what it is, and why that's what evokes Shira. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to us in two levels. We have a mind and senses, and we can understand. We can understand up to a certain point. Just like our hands are limited, now our feet, our mind is also limited. As opposed to the early Greek thinkers, where if I can't think of it, it doesn't exist. We understand very clearly, we can think about a lot, but it would be hubris to limit existence to our thought. Um, anyone who, anyone does math, the square root of minus one does not exist, but it's, the most imp- it's, it's a very important piece in math. So no one's ever put a finger on the square root of minus one. There's nothing that has that size, and yet... It's, it's an important component of any type of description of the world. And there are many things like that. So we say our minds are incredible and we can grasp an awful lot. The mind can grasp anything that's finite. Past the point of finite, it no longer grasps. So our first order of business is to grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu with our Seichel and our Das. And that's why Avram Avinu came to, to, to understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu through his Seichel. Like the Rambam explains, um, you know, the, the entire process of him asking questions and realizing that what the world around them understood was wrong. And he got... And he got to a belief in HaKadosh Baruch and so on and so forth. When you show an oath and a moface, there's also an element of, you can use a seichel. If this is what HaKadosh Baruch has done, if, if he's all-powerful and so on and so forth, I can extrapolate to it. But there comes a point where it's past seichel. And that point is where Amuna starts. Um, they say it for Chaim Briska, but, but the truth is that Semach Tzedek writes it in Avichus, in, 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 in Derech Mitzvah Secha, that in as much as Seichel can grasp, that we're obligated to use Seichel. And where Seichel stops, Amuna kicks in. So just like when you see, when somebody sees something, um, a physicist sees a phenomenon that he cannot, dis- that he can't get a handle on. He says, "I don't get it, but it's there." At some point, our understanding of Hakadosh Baruch Hu crosses over into the place where I can't understand, but I can intuit it. I know it's there, and that's called emuna. So emuna and Seichel are continuum. It's very unfortunately in translation when we say the word I believe in English, we tend to mean it's a reasonable statistic. When a doctor says I believe it's the following ailment, it has nothing to do with the word belief of Emuna. It means that statistically, based on the symptoms I see and the patient, statistically it, it would be pointing towards a certain direction. That's, and so when we use that word belief colloquially, that's what we mean. When you're talking about Kaddish Baruch Hu, it means at some point it comes, and I know the M is there, even though I can't wrap my mind around it. The Rambam, famously, when he speaks about Yidiyam Bechira, he says that question has no rational answer because it belongs in the realm that's past reason. So, it's just like you can't eat soup with a fork, not because there's anything wrong with the fork or the soup. Maybe if you can eat it with a fork, perhaps something wrong with the soup. Mm-hmm. But, but there's nothing inherently wrong. It's just, it's not the right tool for this. Which means, the koach of Dibur is associated most strongly with Seichel and Das. I know that I understand something when I can describe it. So describing something in words in a way that fits 
the event or, or the phenomenon is something which is a sign that the seichel has realized itself. And therefore, shevach and hodor takarish baruch is appropriate. I recognize this is a chesakarish baruch I articulate it, I say it, and, and that's on the scribe. When we come to a place that's past seichel, deeper faultus, I can't put prose to it because it's not something I can describe in words, per se. Shira in the Torah is written with big spaces, depending on different types of shiras, how it's lined up. How it's, but, but the hallmark of a shira in the Torah and Vim is wide gaps between the words. The words also don't translate exactly. They're not translated literally. They're metaphors. In other words, the place where speech falters, if I have the schus to express my Hakarvagat Shparachu, it's going to be through Shira. That's a very high madrega. All the Osos and Mosim still belong to the class of things. Okay, blood is in the world. Sometimes things become bloody. Frogs exist. Sometimes a lot of frogs. I know that the coincidence is, is an almost impossibility. I'm still dealing with things I can somehow wrap my head around. There are animals that invade cities sometimes, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little. They, they somehow still belong to a world that I can understand. I know that it wasn't a coincidence, but I still grasp it. Kriyos Yamsuf was something where nature just turned on its head. It's something that the mind couldn't couldn't grasp it. And the Hakara in Baruch Hu is described Vayaminu. And the expression of that is Shira. And that's why it's such a great moment in Claudius Yisrael's existence. This is the point where our understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu continued past the line of Seichel and entered the domain of Amuna. And we were Zohar to say Shira. Mesim in the Gemara in Sanhedrin brings the Vikuah between, between Chachme Yisrael and, and Tzdukim. Uh, Tzdukim was, the, was maybe one of the kings, I don't remember. And he said, and, and their position was, you Chachamim are wrong. Everything in the world disintegrates. Nothing in the world rejuvenates. Leave, leave a rack laying long enough, it will disintegrate. Leave a plant laying long enough, it will die. Everything in the world dies. How can you say it will come alive? And they answered, things that didn't exist came into existence. Certainly beings that existed already will exist. Meaning, for us, coming into existence is emuna. It's something that Seichel doesn't understand how something can become from nothing. So certainly, when there was a rotsen of HaKadosh Baruch that something should exist, it can continue to exist. Ptiyas HaMesim is rooted in the same ideas. Mashiach, the Rambam has two prokim halachas. Mashiach is a seichel dika thing. There is a king in Kal Yisrael, there was Malchus Vest David, there will be a, somebody will come along. These are his credentials. This is what expected to do, this is how we recognize him, and this is what we're hoping for. That's Torah, it's Seichel. And Seichel has to, has to understand it. Chiyas HaMesim doesn't have any halacha. And halacha, if you don't believe in it, you're not because. That's, that's it. But it, we have no sense of it. We don't. It's the place where Emuna crosses over. And it becomes, from Seichel, the domain of Emuna. And that's why in this first shira, in this major shira, Kali Yisrael, is the place to get a hint of Chiyas HaMesim. There are things, anything that we can understand, we must understand. If a person excuses himself from learning and says, well, I believe, what's the point of it? You know, I believe it, and it's fine, and it's good, and I bought into it, and that's it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to use Seichel um, to its maximum. That's why he gave us Torah, that's why he gave us Seichel, that's why he gave us the Mitzvah Talmud Torah. But when a person has reached the point of his comprehension, human comprehension. A person needs to understand that Kaddish Baruch is not limited to our comprehension. 
past that line of incomprehension is where Amuna comes in and HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Megal himself in ways that only the intuition of Amuna can, can recognize. I want to share a word I heard of very Siddish Like all Siddish it's not Pshat, but it's, but it's so powerful. I heard this uh, recently somebody spoke, a Rav spoke, and he said over, I think it was the Kamarna Rebbe during the war, and was in a camp that killed out his wife, children, family, and he kept going strong, being Mechazic people, being Odek people, and, and, and really, really um, being there until he himself was killed. And they asked him, how can you do it? How do you have, how does your mind cope with it? How do you grapple with it? And he said, and again, the Pshad is Siddish, which means the content is amazing. The words are Siddish. We say in Ne'ila, Ata Hibdalta Enosh Mirosh. The Pshad means you've put aside man from the very beginning of creation, and you recognize them as being capable of standing before you. That's, he touched it different. He said, You've allowed a person to separate himself from his head. And then he's acknowledged to stand before you. In other words, standing before Hashem requires sometimes leaving my seichel behind and saying, past this point, from this point onwards is where I can approach with Emuna. And this is where I approach with Emunah. Considering the context it was said, it's, it's, it's astounding. It was very moving for people hearing it. But uh, that was Salka Panim. When Yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, it's the years when we can really gain understanding of Torah, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of what He wants from us, of who we are, what we are, so much that we need to learn and understand and break our heads on. There's another dimension that was take away from Yeshiva. And that's the dimension that will take us for the rest of our lives and beyond. And that's the sense that no matter how much we understand, there's always something more. A Baruch who exists in the world of Seichel as Das and exists in the world beyond through Emunah. And taking away these things from Yeshiva is, means that you have a lifetime that you can walk before Akash Baruch and grow and, and, and um, move on Closer and closer to the Kaddish Baruch Hu session. Should I start? Uh, <laughs> I guess it's part of privileges of rank. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. If you don't mind, I just make a bracha. <laughs> it's not for the sake of making a bracha, it's for the coffee. Don't, don't, yeah. Everybody here knows the story of the that's yes. sort of how we grew up, and but recently, as I've learned Hasidus, I've come to see another position. The, the Piazetta, for example, and calls up and he makes a big deal out of, no, it's not doing good, it's being good. And if you're just faking it, I know we don't paskin Musar, but what does the Rosh Hashiva say? It's, it's a very good point because both of these points are really relevant to us. They're very relevant points. On the one hand, we're brought up, like, like you said, to do and to do even if we don't particularly feel like it. You know, I don't feel like coming to davening never did well for anyone to excuse himself from davening. On the other hand, you know, Rahman Alibaba and so on. So if I can give a marshal to put the two into place, um, there's something called the Yeshiva Shakar. Shivshakam means that it has it, 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 it likes to stall every so often because of age or, or, or whatever else. So one of the ages is to get a dozen Shiva Bakram to push the car. Now it many times it kicks the motor into action. But if somebody's sitting in the car and twelve Bakram are pushing the car and nothing's kicking in, then you can't say, Well the car's fine, look at it, Hashem, it's going. No, it's not going. It's, it's being pushed. Certainly, the tzura of a mitzvah is that it's an action that's the product of, of, of understanding, 
feeling, and so on. But the, the Maisa mitzvahs are also helpful in kicking us in, into life. It's like when Samalo is paralyzed. You do physical therapy, you keep moving the, 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 the hand, and you hope that the feedback mechanism will awaken something. You talk to the person, and, and, and you keep on, just like, just like we do um, CPR, and, and you hope that the shock will shock the hand to action. So certainly doing the act, actions is good, but, the, but what we're hoping for, and this is one of the problems, when you're mechanic younger kids, younger kids are about doing what's right. So a kid, you tell him to brush his teeth, he brushes teeth. You tell him to go to sleep, no, there are some negotiations, but by and large, that's supposed to happen. And what you're doing is you're trying to train good habits. But as a, as a child grows and becomes an adult, teenage and adult, unless you're able to inspire, he's not going to, he, he, these things will fall away. So doing the things that we're supposed to do is right, for two reasons. First of all, we're supposed to do it. Hashem never gave us a free pass if we don't feel like it. But you understand that if you do it, and you do it seriously, then big chance it will kick something, you know, something will kick in. Simultaneously learning about it and understanding it so that it, it evokes some sort of feeling is, is the right way to go forward. So, so they really complement each other. You, you call on it. I don't know what to... Uh, just introduce yourself. What's your name? Where are you from? Or? Um, Jonathan Greenberg, uh, from Chicago. Uh, at one point, when, uh, when she was talking about Hamuna, um, where does that translate to Bithafana and Shabbat also with Hamuna? At what point are you supposed to realize that a Kutbaraku like, does everything for a reason, that you have to play your role, you have to play your action, but like, let's say there's something that uh, has shown that's going wrong, what point do you take your action of believing your Muna and doing your Bithafana and actions of Bithafana? It's, it, it's, a, it's a question that accompanies us for life. That's the truth. It's certainly hard to say any specific formula, but at least let's understand, the, the, like the Rambam, when he has the two extremes. A person who is reckless, lazy, and says Hashem will take care of it, is wrong. It's not coming from faith and Kaddish Baruch Hu, It's coming from not being responsible enough. On the other hand, if a person if a person overreacts, overdoes, then there's no Akash Prof in the picture. It's like you know, the, the, the understanding the limits of how far your own actions can carry you is part of it. It's life is supposed to be a question of adjusting. So there are different madragas. But it's never cast all caution to the winds or keep doing whatever you can. So, someone, someone asked me a shayla a few years ago. This was a person who was in business. They did well for quite a while. But some things went well. Tremendous people. Uh, two partners, both really great people. The business went sour, whatever it was, and they were looking for other businesses to go into. And one of them came and asked me, and he said like this, people are telling me that I'm not doing enough. He said, whatever it is, that I think within reason makes sense, the type of businesses, type of investment, type, whatever it is, we don't leave a stone unturned. They're telling me just to do every shtalas in the book, even if it makes no sense. And this is where I felt, if reason doesn't tell you to do it, then it's coming from a lack of faith and so on. I once saw a story about a big person that to me set a certain framework for understanding. The person says, of Chaim Friedlander, you might be familiar, he has farm Sissi Chaim. Chaim Friedlander was a Talmud of Desla. He was a Mashiach Panovich. He died young, unfortunately, I think around 60 or so. And he's 60 years of age. And he um, wrote a lot of the lap, was written, written up on very fundamental stuff. And he died of a brain tumor. They discovered a brain tumor. They flew him to Boston for operation, came back. Two years later, came, up, came again. They wanted to fly him again. He said no. And they asked him, why not? He said, the first time, there was a logical reason to think that Boston would help. Just the techniques they had, the approaches, whatever it was. 
He said, now it's like a, 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 a drowning man flailing and just grabbing wildly. Now it's a lack of bitachin. There's a Kaddish Baruch in the world. This is not a reasonable Ishtablus. It's just like, you know, for no reason. So, Ishtablus means, where Seichel says it's an appropriate Ishtablus, that's the appropriate Ishtablus. Where Seichel says not, this is a Kaddish Baruch And it's true in many areas. When a person over, overdoes, then, then it, it shows that there's a revenge also in the world. And, and that's why a person should... My brother, Rav Nassim Tzvi Zuchayin of Racha, was an incredible... He never, he never said no, he never stopped. He built the yeshiva from a thousand Talmudim to a thousand Talmudim buildings. Really incredible. A, a, a sick person barely called himself together. There was a certain project that was very important to him. And he pushed mountains and, and, and to get it done. And then a hitch came up, and he told my other brother, Noi Balachayim, that's it, we're finished. And he said, but this is not such a great hitch. The other things were much... He said, no, but I have a sense HaKadosh Baruch was no longer interested. My sense is, till now, I felt it's the right thing to do. And therefore, I shouldn't stop at anything. Now, I just feel that way. So that's a sense of balancing it too. But a, a, a lifetime of balancing is what's about shiduchim. How much is established for shidduch? And how much are you just, you know, just flailing all over the place? How much is not enough established because you're lazy or you're not confident enough or whatever it is? Having a Rebbe that can help you make those decisions is usually, is usually very important. What's your name, Sergeant? Really from Westmore, New Jersey. Oh. I have a cousin in Berlin. At Berlin. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, you um, get protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how does Shiva uh, recommend that one go about trying to find a greater role within the Jewish community? How we can best contribute to the the holiday on a greater scale? So, first of all, I would say don't be buzzlick panos. Sometimes the modern version of the great vision and the great saving. World Jewry, the world at large, m- means that we shirk doing small things. I will also say, Hashkacha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will send you things your way, opportunities. Most of the time, they're just not convenient enough or, or hush enough. But if a person, if someone asks you to learn something, to teach something, take care of something, if it falls in the line of what things that you're good at, you know, my brother, my brother, I always tell people, his, his quote-unquote preparation for becoming a Shiva was... Because there were Shiva people who... Yeah, okay, I... Um, I don't know where to go. Mir Shiva was founded by of Finkel, who made the Shiva, turned the Shiva into the great, arguably the greatest Shiva in Europe. They came after the war, nothing was left. I mean, there were Talmudim left in America, almost nobody left in Israel. He rebuilt the Mir Shiva. His son, who was my father-in-law, Reb Benish Finkel, took it over. And he ran it until it was nipped in 1990. His oldest son-in-law was also named Finkel. He was a second cousin to his wife. And grew up in Chicago. I think he was in Ari Crown, for high school. Ari Crown or Ida Crown. I don't know which one. I, I just one of those. Ida Crown. Ida Crown. Ida Crown. Ida Crown. Okay. Chicago Jewish school. Yes. And... He received a, 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 that education. At 15, his parents came for a visit to Israel. His great-uncle, Rabbi Zuda Finkel, saw him, and he liked what he saw. And he, and he had him for a year stay over here. And then he went back to finish high school, and he came back, and never, never turned around. And he took over the yeshiva in 1990. And until he was lived in 2010, he was Rosh Hashiva. He was a real American boy, basketball and everything, that was Chicago, and he came to Israel, became a phenomenal masmid, an extraordinary masmid, an extraordinarily sensitive, caring person, somebody really, really cared. He was very American, and, and very few people thought he'd become a shishiva, but the, his, his learning, his personality, everything about it um, was incredible. He became a shashiva, and then people realized he had Parkinson's. And from 1990 to 2000, when was Nifta, he 
with Parkinson's, she left herself to raise money everywhere. She left herself to say Shurim. He sometimes would start a shear and he couldn't talk because the Parkinson's had, he wouldn't let him. And there's a note, they have a picture of it written, Slicha Nisiti. I, I, I'm sorry, but I tried. It was incredible, incredible demus. And for many of us, incredible demus because we could relate to him. He was like us, and yet he had accomplished so much. So, um, he, when he, you know, as a younger man, I remember, he would embrace every American kid that came to the mayor. In those days, in the 70s, there were very few yeshivas that catered to quote-unquote gap years. I don't know if there was a music of a gap year, and very few yeshivas catered to it. Literally a, a, a handful, if any. And a lot of them came to the mayor totally unprepared. And he would find time for every single boy, these were the weakest boys in Shiva, and learn with every single one and take care of them and be machazik, ma'odek. He had thousands of talmidim one-on-ones. He had a tremendous amount of kohos. He could go, he, he could go you know, 20 hours a day. It, it really took a lot of kohos, but it took a lot of rutsen to help him reach out. And his tough kid, so if someone had told him 20 years really, if that's him, Rosh Hashiva, me Shiva. So he'd spend his time making very big shirk lollies and, and learning only with the brightest and the strongest and so on. He did what he was supposed to do. And and Khajrahud, this is material for, 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 for earning yeshiva. So picking up the things that we're supposed to do and so on are important. I was once sitting you know, sometimes you you see something that is a caricature of something that is it, that's really a, it's sort of a what's a, a snippet of real life. I was sitting at a chasna, real crowded, and two people sitting in front of me, talking loudly and and it's not eavesdropping. I mean, everybody is sitting on top of everybody else, so I, I assume it's a public conversation. And one person says, the politicians know what they're doing. What they should be doing is making a bagats and doing this and evoking that. And, you know, th- this person had the whole world planned out with how he's going to get a certain issue resolved. And the, the person, and he said, and I went to the head of Aguda, and I told him, that's what you got to do. The bagats here, the this, that, the this, that, the other, the other. So the other one said, so why don't you do it? He said, what am I, a shamish? They should do it. I have the ideas. So this other person said, I'm an Eved Hashem. Tell me the address and I'll go and do it. I'll do the dirty work. That was the... So both of them was kind of, a, I guess, a, a caricature of people. But, but, but we have a lot of people today that are, have the grand vision. We're, we're big into grand visions and so on. And rolling up your sleeves and doing things bit by bit, one-on-one, person-to-person, and so on, is, is usually... Either that is what you accomplish, or or a kaddish baruch who is marked your gvul by session. Yeah. Um, Gabe Levy from London. Um, often we see in weddings songs like Asian Tile, which are metaphors for our relationship with Hashem, but often actually in weddings. What does the Rosh Hashiva think of passages like that? Um, he, he asked that, there, you know, people sing songs like Eishas Chayel at a wedding. It's meant to describe relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and why would we sing it at, at a wedding with a, 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 you know, a husband and wife? So, there's a, there's a saying from some sofa. They asked him about Shir Hashirim. It says it's a marshal. So they said, okay, I understand that, but why such a crude marshal? It says Shir Hashirim is Kodesh Kadashim because it's describing Kaddish Baruch Hu and so he answered, the mashal is also Kodesh Kadashim, but we've made it into something crude. In other words, I want to explain this. There's some point I might be worth elaborating on. There's, it, 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 English has a way, or I should say any language um, that's colloquial has a way of corrupting words. When we see a mother and a child, and a mother being up nights with a child, attending to a child, it, it, and so on, we call it love, and it's beautiful. We recognize it as, as far as we're concerned, it's the most selfless um, relationship we've seen. We see a young boy full of energy and hormones, and a young woman, and chasing, and we call that love. Is that right? Would he give everything? Yes, he would give everything for his type. Once the type is passed, he, he would give nothing. He, he'll chase his next type. Why do we confound the two? Can a relationship with a wife be like that? Yes. But it takes a lot of development that 
my relationship is a relationship that cares about another person instead of a desire. And, and, and to st- when somebody says it's love at first sight, what does that mean? It means it's hormones. That's all it means. What do you know of a person at first sight? The length of the nose and the color of the eyes? What does that mean? We grow up with these musagim. There's nothing more beautiful than love. Yes, the mother with the child who's sick and, and she, she doesn't eat and doesn't drink because she's with him. That's, you know, the hormones of a teenager and an adult, same thing. So, Aisha's chayol is a muscle, but the muscle, when it's right, it has that same incredible beauty as the nimshal. There's a reason HaKadosh Baruch chose the nimshal, not from pornography, chose the nimshal from a person with his, with, with his an isha and an isha. But it means that if a person is ruchnius, and if a person looks to find a person, and a person looks to find someone who is if I appreciate a person who's, who, who's good, giving, caring, deep, um, and responsible, all these qualities, and, and that strikes me as a good person, and as a desirable person, then, then, then a martial is, is, is incredible. And that's why we, we need to readjust our sense of what an Isha is. When, when people, you know, people who've lived, married, Lord, Prabhupada, Baruch Hashem, you go through so many parishes together, so many things, and you say to yourself, wow, look, it, 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 it's, it's amazing. So we need to recalibrate our sense of it, and then we'll see that the muscle is, is, is as beautiful as the nimshal. But you're right. If a person is thinking about what comes easy to, to a mind, then, it's, then the muscle is rather crude. There is, I, I don't, there is a halach discussion about singing, this is based on hazal. For halach, ask a rough. But, but the idea of it, I, 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 I do want to share. What's that? Uh, Aaron Goldwork from Jinak. Um, how does one understand the idea of a tibula? In particular, the ones that seem more like superstition than, than, than actually affecting the world. So, it's, it's a, it, there's a, there are different traditions on it. I come from a Litvisher background, and it was not something that was very, very sought after. And, you know, it, it was looked down. So I guess what we did, our approach was to parse things. If something, if, if the Gemara says about something, then we take it. The Gemara said, and that's it, whether we understand it or not. Things that cropped up over time, many of them very unclear problems, we, we stay away from. Um, you know, it's something that we're not into, and, and so on. It, 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 by Hasidim, there was a sense that it helps build a Muna. Because the Rebbe told it to do X or Y or Z, and it doesn't make any sense, and it works, so it shows it as something more than what Seichel's Tophis. Th- that's why there was something like it. So I, I don't have a Masoras that I could really explain it well. So again, anything to be done the Gemara, if we understand what the Gemara is saying, then that's what we do, and that's that. But anything post that, we, we tend to shy away from it. I, I, I can't explain something. I have a hard time understanding. I, I just, I, I'd like to just share something about the, 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 the approach to schoolers. Um, the, there was somebody who once, I was teaching in Torah, and he was a student of mine. He got married he really was not a, a, a mensch in many ways. He didn't talk, whatever. He, he, I won't go into it. And it created a lot of problems. And, you know, he, I, I bore down hard and told him this, this, and that. We had long discussions about what he's not doing right and so on and so forth. So he avoided me a bit. Okay, fair enough. One day he comes to me, the problems have been solved. <coughs> I said, amazing what happened, <laughs> who died. Um, so I told him, so, I told, so he told me they went to Big McCobble, and he said that the Gamachi is off on the names, and therefore, and therefore that's why there's a problem. He changed the names, he edited the letter, I don't know what he did, and now everything will be okay. I told him, I said, I don't understand anything about these things, but I sure hope it doesn't work. I said, your last chance of becoming a mensch was if you would start working on yourself and act like one. If you found a way to run around it, then 
we've lost our less tense. Sometimes a school is listen, Hanasa or, or Refua, okay, that's not now hand so much, it's almost the person who reaches that end, and I understand why it's important. But um, school is for learning better, school is for this, school is for that. Isn't it what Kachbofa expects of us to roll up our sleeves and to work hard? This is where Yigi and Amelus comes in. And, and therefore, areas where a lot of times school purports to cut short, I mean, many of the Litvish Gdolim, by the most especially, when, when a person would ask for a bracha of becoming Talmud Chacham, they would get very annoyed. They would say, are you pushing yourself to the limit? Like, what does it mean you want just a bracha? What, what, I mean, the first thing, you're supposed to be pushing yourself. If you tell me you push yourself, and Moshe Abishmaya, okay. But, but don't short-circuit a process. A lot of things that went to went to do things. So, so you want to be wary of it. I once heard this from Chassidish Rebbe, the Kloisenberger. He said over the following story, which also gave over this idea of, of people preferring a shortcut over... He, he started many years ago, this was from the 80s, he started the colon that they would learn shas, they would learn a lot of, they cover ground, a lot of chazars, a lot of tests. He was one of the pioneers in that field. So he, so he spoke, sort of, at the sort of inauguration. He had a very folksy Yiddish. His, it was like the equivalent of a southern drawl to an American air. Spoke very kind of drawling, and the stories, he had a way, it was a phenomenal time of Chacham, but when he spoke for, for common folk, he had a way of expressing himself. He says, I call in a bucha Yisrael. I call in a boy Yisrael. I ask him, Yisrael, do you have Avasatayra? Yeah, Rebbe, of course. Do you have Mr. Nefesh for Yes, Rebbe. He says, well, the surgeons just came up with surgery where they can open up the mind, insert a little shas, and you know all of shas. But it's a very, very dangerous operation. Are you willing to undergo it? Of course, Rebbe. Mr. Snefesh Tatayra. He says, I have great news for you. You don't need an operation, nothing. Come learn in Kyle, I'll pay you nice every month. Ten-year program, ain't no shas. Well, he's not so sure. A dangerous operation, he's running. Sitting and learning calmly and nicely without any dangers, he's hesitating. Why? That was the way he posed it. It was, it was a very... But... It's something we like to get things, but we don't like the process. So a lot of the ruchnis kinyanim are meant to be gotten through the process. And short-circuiting the process means we're, we're just not getting it. Ashira expresses things that we grasp. I, I, it's, it's the expression of it, yes. Um, so often, I think myself, in general, we have experiences of Shira where we find we have greater clarity in our ideas of Shem. How do we absorb those experiences and such that in our regular day to day life, when we're operating more in the way of space, that we continue to have something closer to that ideas of Shem? That's really a good point. It, it's a very good point. There's a Ramban that says from Shashir, it says, Ishbata Samusraim in Ta'iru Vim Ta'oru Ha'ava Achetechbas. So again, the Pashtab meaning means don't try to provoke or awaken the Ava until it's so desirable. Just going on on the, the case and so on. The Ramban or it's a Talmud Ramban, it's not clear. The Shavel doubts, I'm not sure if it's the Ramban or Talmud, it's, it make a difference. He says, the word techpots is the lotion of a chayfetz, of an object. Don't allow a love of Hashem to go to waste unless you have embodied it in something concrete. So if a person has a special moment of inspiration, don't take on something big, because that's not going to last. Take a small item so that you remember, because I was so inspired, this is something I'm doing. It helps concretize it, and keep it by you. So that's what he says, and, it's an, and again, be wary of doing... You can't make these quantum leaps. It doesn't work. But you can certainly do something. And doing a, even a small thing that you know is right, because 
I had this moment of incredible inspiration. That I think is, is, is something that's relevant to us. What's your name? My name is Navy Langer. From? From Riverdale, New York. How does a person know if he is being a male? It, you know what? It's, it's, there's a <coughs> feedback mechanism. If you feel that you've spent yourself after a day, if you feel after Seder, it's like you've had a workout, that's the best sign of a malus. You know, feeling in a very positive, you know, when, when a person does sports or something that he likes, he feels exhausted, but exhausted in a very positive way. That's the feeling you want. Uh, it, it's, it's being uplifted and exhausted at the same time. And when you time it, you know, you know that you were time it. So, yes? From? Okay, good. Um, so a few weeks ago, a few of us had a conversation about excessive materialism and excessive luxury um, amongst the firm community in the United States. Um, people um, buying expensive houses in expensive communities, or high yield tuition, a government has a lot of PFAS programs and other um, vacations. So does the grocery shiva think that think of this is an issue? And if so, what should we do to preserve this? So it certainly is an issue, but l- let me let me let's try to put a finger where the issue is. Um, so yes, there's the, the obvious. You know, when people are spending a lot of money, so first of all, they could be using money for other things. Two, it means everybody everybody else has to follow along, and it's very hard on them. It provokes anti-Semitism. There are a lot of external reasons. I think there's a deeper problem that we have to wrestle with. Why do people have luxuries? So there's a certain amount where it's more comfortable, it's easier, and so on. There's a certain progression of items, you know, the difference between an item that costs X to 2X is this, this, and this. At some point, it becomes something else. It becomes a sense of being, a sense of achieving a sense of valuing yourself. So if you have a one-room apartment in, in your shrine and you have and you move to two rooms, three rooms, four rooms, where every room has a certain purpose and it's alleviating congestion, those are all within the framework. So whatever it is, as long as it's sort of fitting needs, at that point it's still within the framework of using my money appropriately, wisely. But at some point, when a person wants it only in a certain place, something in a certain way, it's my dream house, it's my dream vacation. What does that mean? It means that I see fulfillment in that. That's a double problem. A from Jew, a Ventura, should see fulfillment in, 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 in a beautiful house, you should see fulfillment in other areas. So a person who is a very serious <coughs> learner can find fulfillment in that. Um, a person who is an Ovaid and can find fulfillment in the intensity of his, of his Avodah Hashem, Davening, etc., that's fulfillment. A person who is there for other people, helping other people, and so on, that's fulfillment. The problem is, have we given people enough goals to fulfill that they can step in those shoes. When I see someone needing to have a house like that because that makes him feel that he really exists, I feel we haven't done, we, you know, I, I failed. It would be a time when I failed because what's he living for? So yes, the fact that he also gives a, stuck, a check that's stuck, it depends on the person. For a lot of people, it's a kind of a way to to sort of put salve on their conscience. So, so the real issues of what a person should walk out from a yeshiva experience is finding purpose and meaning in life. Finding a way to grade yourself. And there's a famous story for Rav Shleiman, and again, I don't know, never know whether people heard it or not, but Rav Shleiman is an extremely wise person. Very, very astute. Even though he was like, lived out of this world, he was extremely astute. And someone came to him and said he bought a new car, 
and he began to have second thoughts that maybe it'll, it'll provoke Ein Hara, and he's worried. So Stanley asked him, did you ever make a Sima Shaf? He said, no. He said, did you ever finish a full Seder, Russian Zikin? It's not really, I have bits and pieces that I haven't... He said, is there a Masech that is no cold? He said, no. He said, so why would anybody be jealous of you? Now, I think if Stamen knew darn well why people would be jealous, but, but he was sending a message. Like, why, obviously, you'd, you'd, you, when you see a nice car walk by, it, it, it sort of it, it eats away at you. Why does it eat away at you? The answer is because um, you feel you're second rate or third rate. That's where, what, what a yeshiva should have done and should do, and this is myself as, you know, being a yeshiva, if a Talmud doesn't leave yeshiva having a new sense of what accomplishment is and self is, then we haven't succeeded. And that's why I think the real problem is. You, you can make all the kokuris you want about, um, about uh, not, not indulging in luxury. I, I'm not a believer in that. First of all, they don't help. Everyone finds an eights around it. They sell to somebody else and they do this. You know, you, you, you Baruch Hashem, choose a lamdonim, and we have many ways around everything. And, and, you know, and then at the end of the day, Reuven does it, Shimon does it, Levi does it, then it falls apart. There's somebody who wrote a safer, actually, in Bnei Brak, about, it's called Lomatis Ro'u, a collection of all of the kolkores, we're talking about the Behudas times before that, against luxury and so on and so forth. This person put out, put out the safer in 1960, decrying the luxurious weddings in Bnei Brak that were happening. Now, <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like. Spare my imagination. What what a chassid looked like in like 1960. I remember 1970. And, and believe me, it was hard to, to to figure out what else you what you could cut down. But that that's not the issue. That's that's a, a certain mice. The issue is giving people something to live for, and that's the thing we have to that we have to implement. That's what you have to get in yeshiva. From where? The Rosh Yeshiva mentioned earlier about pushing the state element, understanding your sense or not. What really does that look like? Is that looking at like medieval philosophical proofs of God that's sitting in the base or in Tanakh or Kamara or something else entirely? So I'll I'll tell you, the Rambam has many things he says, and I'll tell you one thing he says. If you look at Pirish Amishnai's, many places, Hashem said, and, and in many ways, the, the Balatanya speaks about Santanya, about the primacy of Talmud Torah, and specifically the primacy of the actual halacha. For whatever reason, Hashem wants me to arbitrate a dispute, a monetary dispute, in a certain way. When a certain situation comes up, this is his. This is his. This is what Hashem's wisdom and Ratzon has declared. And it's just, it's just dressed in a marshal. And about Tanya says in the most beautiful um, description, he says, what's the difference if I hug a king when he's wearing one garment or a dozen garments? If he's wearing a sweater and a jacket and a coat or just a sweater? It's the same hug. In other words, when I'm being osik, in halacha, I'm grappling down deep with something deeper. So you start with halacha, and you begin to understand what, is, what does it mean, mine and his? What is gzela? One of the reasons why the Rambam is unique, because he built a halachic base, and then whatever he took, he took from that. The, 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 um, understanding it from there, because... That's when we're wearing, so to speak, um, a perspective of Kaddish Baruch Hu. If I'm living the halacha, then the inner sense of it, the intuitive sense of it, is I'm, I'm, I'm closer to home than something which I'm just starting with, with other, other philosophies. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I actually got Lower East Side, not far from Ground Zero. So my 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 mother actually saw the whole thing collapse, and 
Any low recitals here? We don't have any low recitals. In, in the other yeshiva, it was a low recital, so, yeah. Ground zero for moral. What's the greatest challenge to the It, 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 again, it, it, it would be hubris for me to... What? He would, he would, would like to know um, what, it, what is the greatest challenge for, for us today as Yidin, as Jewish world. Um, again, I, 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 it would be hubris for me to sit back and say, you know, about the Jewish world. But I guess just the things I encounter, it, it's the point that he made over here. It used to be that life had a certain way of forcing us to sort of come to grips with Torah and mitzvahs. There was so much, everything around us was hemming us in. Whether ghetto, the, the jobs, we couldn't go to universities, we couldn't go to, everything was, we were pressured. And the only thing we had really was Akash Baruch and Torah. So for the longest of time, the only thing a, a from person could study was Torah. And, you know, you could read the science, but everything was closed and, and so on. Today, business, money, studying, universities, the world is wide open. And now we have to find a Kaddish Baruch Hu and say, Apple came. It's, it's, you know, to be able to say to yourself that the inner Nakuda in you is really you. That even though there's so much you can do and be, but at the end of the day, this is where it's at. This, these dollar amas of 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 Torah, of of real ruchnius, is what it's about. And and Akadosh Baruch gave us a test for longest of times, where we had to find him out of difficulties, be most nefesh. We now have to find him even when we could use our when we could use our time and effort to get the grand houses and the grand this and that and say to ourselves. Not for that was I created. I was created. There, uh, you know, I'll be held accountable for every moment of my life, for every resource, and I'm going to be asked, "What did you do with it?" Those are those are things. It's much easier when things are pressing and difficult to have religious thoughts. When we're swamped and go through Jewish history, in those communities where we had it relatively easy, we were acculturated, we had opportunities. We, we feared a lot worse. Take a look, France and Poland, Germany, France, versus Poland and, and Hungary, or, or Poland and Lithuania. In, in the places where there was an abundance, it was harder to stand that test. Baruch Hashem, we've been blessed. It's a bracha with so much, despite all the, all, all the challenges. Still, but now we have to really bring out in ourselves um, the premiums. You know, that deep inside... And what makes me a person is something that transcends the stuff around me. And, and it, you know, it, it takes a lot. It, 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 that's, I think that that's our challenge. You know, and, uh, we, we should be able to come out stronger for it. You know, I, I do see that it's difficult, but there's Hashem. And yeshivas, uh, you know, I, if I can say, a yeshiva will be, your yeshiva experience will be successful if this becomes the benchmark of what's right and what's good and what's a life worth living. Um, the, 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 you know, it's saying that the emis that's in a base medrash, the emis in the life, the emis in, 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 in what we want, what we aspire for, is real. And it lifts every chachka in the world. Everything in the world comes and goes and leaves you disappointed. There's things in the world that are emis, and they and they're eternal. <laughs> it's a long journey, and and we, we 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 have a lot of, you know, we go off in a lot of directions. But coming back to this place and understanding that what you saw here, what you have here these years, is is you. I, I think that'll be best some success, and best may stay a long time. May just become very much part of you. And, and may you always look back to this. May, may you set your life based on these benchmarks that you have to achieve in this. Okay. Okay. Thank you. It's a very it's a special, special. Uh,